Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1459. 6% is the new 4% by Paula Pant of affordanything.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. This is the show where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet, sometimes a little too enthusiastically. But I can't help it. Money is an incredible resource that we can use to craft the life of our dreams. So thanks for joining me today and every day. And before we get to it, have you subscribed to our other podcasts? We cover personal development and minimalism, health, relationships, entrepreneurship, and life advice on the other shows. Just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you get your podcasts to find them. But since you're here, let's get right to today's post and start optimizing your life. 6% is the new 4% by Paula Pant of affordanything.com. Today's article is extra nerdy. Pull on your Coke bottle glasses and let's run through a little bit of math. Ready? Let's go. If you're retiring on index funds, you might plan your retirement on the 4% withdrawal rule. But if you're retiring on rental properties, you could use the equivalent to a 6% withdrawal rule. This holds true even if total returns on the two investments are the same. Why? Two reasons. Number one, the returns on a rental property bias towards an income stream rather than capital appreciation. And number two, rental properties don't hold the same risk of withdrawing the principal. If you're thinking, um, Paula, I have no idea what you just said. That's cool. Here's a breakdown. 4% breakdown for index funds. Let's assume your entire portfolio consists of stocks and bonds split 50-50 into each bucket. According to the Trinity Study, an industry-shaking retirement study conducted by three Trinity University finance professors in 1998, you can safely withdraw 4% in year one of retirement and 4% adjusted for inflation every subsequent year while maintaining a strong likelihood of not running out of money. This means that a million-dollar portfolio would allow you to withdraw $40,000 in year one and $40,000 adjusted for inflation every future year. Of course, the portfolio would grow at a rate that's higher than 4%. Let's assume that the portfolio grows at a rate of inflation, which is 3%, plus it accumulates real growth after inflation of another 6%. In this example, the portfolio enjoys a total return of 9%, but it's risky for you to realize those total gains. 
Markets are volatile. And in retirement, your first objective is to not risk the loss of your initial principal. You don't want to tap into your nest egg in retirement. In order to curb this risk, you restrain your withdrawals to only 4%. As a side note, there are many modern retirement experts, like best-selling author and podcast guest Larry Swedrow, who believe that future total returns may be closer to 6 or 7%, which means that when it comes to safe withdrawal rates, 3% is the new 4%. Eek, that's a scary idea, but it's worth considering. At any rate, that's a different discussion for a different article. That's the 4% breakdown for index funds. How does that compare to rental properties? Let's take a look. Rental properties, a comparison. Let's take the same million dollar portfolio. You sell out of your stocks and bonds and reinvest the entire balance into rental properties. By the way, I would never recommend doing that. I recommend diversifying between both index funds and rental properties, but let's run with this thought experiment for the sake of example. You buy rental properties that meet the 1% rule, which states that the gross monthly income must be at least 1% of the initial purchase price. This means that your million-dollar rental investment brings you $10,000 per month in gross rent, mortgage-free. Of course, gross revenue and net profit are not the same thing. Your properties have overhead, including property taxes, homeowners insurance, repairs, maintenance, management, capital expenditures, and vacancies. These operating expenses follow the 50% rule, which states that half of your gross rent will go towards this operating overhead. This means you spend $5,000 per month on overhead and the other $5,000 is your monthly net cash flow. That's $60,000 per year. That's a supremely nerdy way of saying that the same million dollars will produce cash flow of $40,000 per year if it's invested in index funds, but cash flow of $60,000 per year if it's invested in rental properties. In the world of rental investing, 6% is the new 4%. What about total return? Let's conservatively estimate that the rental properties keep pace with inflation, but nothing more. That's another 3%, which brings the total return on the properties to 9%. Since you bought the properties mortgage-free in this example, there are no additional returns in the form of equity growth through principal payoff. In this example, the total returns on the index fund portfolio and the rental portfolio are the same but the rental returns bias towards cash flow rather than appreciation, which gives you the ability to enjoy harvesting those returns at the 6% rule rather than the 4% rule. In addition, you don't risk tapping the principal when you live on the cash flow from a rental property. The principal, which is the equity in the home, stays intact as long as you don't borrow against the equity and as long as there's no major housing crash as there was in 2008, which also crashed the value of index funds as well. Imagine the concepts of growth versus dividend. The rental properties are analogous to a stable blue chip stock that pays a 6% dividend, but only grows at the rate of inflation. Your index fund portfolio, by contrast, pays a much smaller dividend, but grows at a rate that's higher than inflation. The two baskets of assets may have the same total return, but those returns are expressed in different ways the expression of the returns on a rental property are more suited to retirement. That's why rentals are a great store of wealth. They're a lower risk and higher cash flow form of wealth preservation than equities. 
If those few paragraphs sounded like womp womp Charlie Brown's teacher to you, don't worry about it. I'm trying hard to relate this in a way that's not too jargony, but I think I need more coffee. The big picture here is that in rental investing, 6% is the new 4%. Yeah, but I don't have a million dollars. If you're thinking, great, Paula, but I don't have a million in cash, the percentages apply no matter what amount we're talking about. Let's say you have 100 grand in cash. You invest this 100 grand in index funds. You withdraw 4% or $4,000 in year one and that same amount adjusted for inflation every subsequent year. Or you invest this 100,000 into a single family rental property in the Midwest, which you purchase free and clear. Your property manager rents it out for $1,000 per month, which is $12,000 per year. You spend $6,000 on operating overhead. You keep the other $6,000. The property value and your rent keeps pace with inflation in the following years. It's the same $100,000. In one example, it brings you $4,000 per year. In the other example, it brings you $6,000 per year. That's why I like rental investing. If you're looking for the next hot growth stock like Apple in 2005, go elsewhere. But if you're looking for a stable investment with a strong dividend, rental properties are the way to go. You just listened to the post titled 6% is the new 4% by Paula Pant of affordanything.com. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. I found that Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals, whatever they are. I definitely wouldn't be able to allocate my finances or plan as clearly without help from Monarch. In fact, Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. Does this article have you dreaming about real estate investing? Maybe you're already doing it. Or maybe like me, you've been watching from afar wondering if it's the right investment option. While this article is certainly enticing when it comes to returns and cash flow, It doesn't address the fact that investing in real estate is simply more work than passively investing in stocks. And that's not a reason not to do it. Effort is the spice of life after all. It just makes me want to enter this type of investment with eyes wide open 
at a point when I have bandwidth to take on the extra effort involved. Many people talk about rental income as passive income, which is partially true. I look at it as front-loaded effort income. It takes effort to find the properties that adhere to the 1% rule, find the right tenants and or property manager, deal with maintenance, etc. As mentioned in a previous post from 5AM Joel, you don't have to worry about unclogging toilets, replacing the furnace, or tenants trashing your investments when your money is in the stock market. I think I also have hesitations about my money being locked up in a tangible asset. Stocks are pretty liquid. If something horrible happened and I needed access to more money, I can more easily sell stocks than sell a rental property. That's why I'm more interested in adding real estate to my portfolio when my net worth is a bit higher. As I continue to think about diversifying my portfolio and expanding on my various sources of income, I really do see myself investing in real estate eventually, but it's a decision I don't take lightly. And that'll do it for today and another installment of Optimal Finance Daily. Have a great start to your week. Thank you for being here every day and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.